Hey, this is Jamie Weatherby, and if you want to learn the six and seven figure science of success, successfully increasing your revenue, and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey Oburn. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and today I'm speaking with a new and really good friend of mine, Jamie Weatherby. Jamie is the founder and CEO on Weatherby Media, a digital marketing company dedicated to developing, engaging, and growing your online presence for consistent, sustainable business growth. Jamie and her team are experts in logo and website design, content creators for social media, email marketing, and content writing, and Power the expansion of your brand with SEO and paid advertising efforts. I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to make six and seven figure success. I am so excited for you to hear my conversation with Jamie today and really quick. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, and your success to the next level, if this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited for our listeners to get to know you. You know, I've had the, the pleasure of getting to know you over a very short period of time and how dynamic you are and what it is you offer. And I really want our listeners to get to know you because can we agree that this whole digital marketing world is like either the black hole or the entire size of the universe, right? And, <laughs> and to be able to wrap our our head and our arms around it as entrepreneurs can be a very frustrating journey or a very detrimental financial journey. So, so really what I'd like to do is, you know, let's, let's talk about how you got started as a business owner, because, you know, I don't really think anybody pops out of the womb and says, I want to work a hundred hours a week just so that I don't have to have a 40 hour job. hundred <laughs> percent. No, they don't. It's funny. I actually, um, never envisioned myself owning a business until it kind of happened upon me a little bit. So my very 
a raw personal story of how I got started is truthfully, I am someone who graduated college with an astronomical amount of student loans. Um, and I happened upon running a business of my own in efforts to overcome that payment. Um, so I went to Northeastern in Boston, which was an incredible school. And I'm grateful for that experience. And there's no negatives there other than the payment that came out of it. Um, and I, as many people I'm sure I'm not, I'm not the only person who had this experience. And you graduate college and you get an entry level job and you realize that the paycheck that you get doesn't match the payment of the education that you receive. Yeah. Um, so for a long time, I worked my day job. I waited tables full time. I just worked all the time. So at least I was like an entrepreneur in trading because you just learn how to withstand those, you know, long hours. The I work, you know, I work for myself harder than I've ever worked for anybody. And I, I've worked pretty hard in my life. Um, but so anyway, when I was trying to solve that problem, I ended up getting into higher ed, which is ironic because it felt like I was um, working for the enemy a little bit. I was a little resentful of that degree. But when you go back and work for higher ed, a lot of them have the tuition benefit, um, which means as an employee, I could go back to school for free. But the caveat was it helped me defer my student loans. So I quit my second job. Um, I worked full time and I pursued my master's and then I had two years of my master's program to figure out what was I going to do with myself, what would allow me to build a business to build revenue on the side. And I was thinking side hustle, I just wanted to cover that payment mm -hmm. um, to be able to live the life I wanted to have. I think that's really what the vision of every entrepreneur, you have this thing and a passion, but you also have this vision of the life that you want. And sometimes you can see down the road of your career and see it's not, that's not it. Um, that's how I felt at my day job too. You know, I looked at my boss's boss and I was like, man, if that's where I'm headed, I don't know if that's where I want to be. Um, and it's something that's sometimes what drives people into entrepreneurship. So I think both those things were true for me. Um, mm -hmm. I started building things on the side and trying to figure out, you know, with limited time and limited resources, how do I get clients on the side? So I went down the rabbit hole of building your online brand, building a reputation online, getting clients through online means because with a master's and a day job, I, I couldn't physically be many other places than the places I already was. So I had to figure out how to create that one to many kind of growth experience. And the more I got into the weeds of how to do that, the more I fell in love with it. And I realized it's the magic of growing and scaling a business in a tangible way. So when I was trying to figure out what do I do with myself, I eventually figured out that that was my love and my passion is how to create that experience for myself and other entrepreneurs to grow, because that's what it really takes. Mm -hmm. So is Weatherby Media uh, your, your first and only business venture? No, that's a great question. Sort of. I mean, um, the first business never fully got off the ground. So I started a business in a career coaching capacity, actually, because when I was working for the university, my role was in career counseling. Um, and I did. I enjoyed it. I really it was working with people, helping them build and grow the career they wanted. It feels very similar to kind of the mission of what we do now. Um, and I started a business around that. And now that I'm deep into the rabbit hole of running a business, I can see now how that could work. But at the time, I talked to a friend of mine who was a business mentor, and he was like, hey, I know you're really trying to cover that student loan payment. And if you think about it, as soon as you get somebody a job in a career coaching industry, they don't need you anymore. They won't need you until they're trying to make another pivot. And maybe they'll refer you to friends, but 
in terms of trying to build this consistent revenue pipeline, you might have a hard time doing it with the model business you created. And I really, I mean, that was like a shot to my gut because it was the only idea I had at the time. And I really appreciated that candid feedback and he kind of stopped me in my tracks because I I agreed with him. Um, But in the process of building that business, I figured out how to build my website, how to attract people through copywriting, how to build and run Facebook ads, grow an email list, all those things. And my dad started a business and he called me and was like, I know you're trying to figure out what you're doing with yourself. But in the meantime, do you think that maybe you could help me with my website? And I would love for you to do some Facebook ads for me. And then I had a friend whose husband started a company and she called me and was like, hey, I know you're trying to figure out what, what you're doing with yourself, but I know you do this. Like, do you think you could do this for me? And I was like, sure, why not? And then by the time the third person came my way, I was like, there is something here. Yeah. Uh, this is something that I clearly, I, I mean, I love doing it. It, felt, it feels sometimes like creating a puzzle piece. How do you really, it's building a puzzle and building like this framework that really works for somebody. And it was fun to power my dad's business, my friend's husband's business, watch their success be part of that. So that's where it caught for me. Um, and I was like, this is this is it. And the better I did from a selfish perspective, I suppose, the more invaluable I became to them because then the marketing doesn't go away. They wanted to grow. They wanted to scale. I got these long-term relationships. Granted, my dad can't get rid of me anyway. But, <laughs> um, and I don't think my friend's husband wanted to and they wanted to, but again, the, the model was better. We have clients that we've had since the very beginning because we're just you know part of the fabric of what makes their business run so yeah it's a better it's a it's the model that makes you really happy and it, it worked itself out that way so you just kind of fell into this business this business found you you didn't find it it feels that way yes <laughs> okay great so you you said something uh, a few minutes ago that i i want our listeners to really grab and that is you really wanted to live the life you've wanted to have you know, I think that's one ideal that most business owners, entrepreneurs, independent sales professionals, whatever their label is, I wholeheartedly believe that's part of the reason why they step into it because they want life on their terms, right? Life made to order, so to speak. And what happens is they they tend to not realize that they have the best boss in the world and the worst boss in the world. They have the best boss in the world because when they want a day off, the boss gives it to them because they're the boss. And they have the worst boss in the world because when they want a day off, the boss gives it to them, right? And that kind of makes paying bills, eating, keeping a roof over your head. If you lack discipline, it can be a challenge. You know, being a a business owner, I own multiple businesses. I'm a success strategist, a business coach. And, you know, I I train in sales, leadership, communication, and NLP. And uh, my, my most firmest foundation of belief stands on build the business around the life you want to have. Now, what happens with that is that D word, discipline. 
Yeah. How did how did you? Because before we started talking, you said summer is your favorite time, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did how did you stay disciplined to build Weather Weatherby Media to where it is today? Um, that's a really great question. I think it's a evolving answer. You know, I don't know if when you're creating your own. I think one of the things that's the most interesting about running a business and building a life and doing all the things is at some point you realize there's no right or wrong answer. There's just, or decisions, there's just decisions and what happens and comes of that. Um, and it's definitely an evolution. I think I personally realized just being an entrepreneur, I, now that I'm in it, I realize it's who I am. And I actually, which my sister very candidly pointed out to me one day was probably a really lousy employee. I don't like being told what to do. I will always work harder for my, like, if it's my idea, if I, if I had a personal trainer, we started there too. If I had a personal trainer, I would be quitting reps, quitting sets, quitting my workout because they were telling me to do it before I quit because I had, this was my plan in my head when I was going to the gym. So mm -hmm. I think there's, there's an element of knowing whether it's right or wrong for you and knowing what it takes to get there. And I, I just, I'm painfully to a fault, sometimes self-driven and internally motivated. So for me, definitely like my husband is in law enforcement and he always has had a weird schedule. So having my freedom and flexibility to be able to build the life, to see him, to have, you know, a Wednesday off every week, mm -hmm. because that's his day off is a beautiful thing, but it does, it does take that discipline. And I just think that for me, having, because it's me, if someone else was telling me to do it, I would buck the system, but because it's something, my vision, my dream, where I want to drive it and go, I, I don't stray too far. You know, I know that the summer is a short period of time. Yes. Summer is my favorite, but I'm equally sad that summer's over as much as I am so excited to get back to business. Um, and I think <laughs> that's just my, my framework, um, uh, as me as a person, you know, and I think the more into the business I get, the more I realize that it, entrepreneurship felt like the magic, the secret sauce of just building the perfect life. And the more into it, I get why people, it's not for everybody, I guess is where I'm going with that. Why there's people who it's in their blood, it's who they are. And there's people that they just don't actually want that, even though to me, I can't imagine in any other way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the discipline part of it is just, I never stray too far because I have a vision I'm building towards and I don't, let that go. And I know what it, I have been doing it long enough to know what it takes, what I have to put into it for it to get there. So I love that, that you brought that up. You, you have a vision and you're building towards it. You know, uh, question is the vision that you're building now, the same vision as when you started, or has it shifted over time? gosh, it's not the same vision I had last Tuesday. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's always, you said that. I mean, I think that's the beauty of it, right? And I think that's the scary part and the hard part and the overwhelming part. And also the amazing part of it is the evolution of it all. So no, I mean, if, you know, me, when I first started and I was still working at my day job and I was trying to figure it out, like my vision was being able to cover that payment without a second job. And I was, and that to me was where I wanted to land. And I really didn't see past that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was great in the moment. And that vision was what drove me because I was visioning my life as, in a smaller way, I guess, if that makes sense. My vision for where I wanted to be was I didn't want to be the 
kid that graduated college expecting to make, you know, 150 grand a year in two years after graduating, I knew I couldn't be that person. And it's not who I am either. I'm not a person who doesn't understand that there's, you have to build, you have to grow, you have to earn it, but I, I needed the money. So at the end of the day, that was my vision, like pay the payment and have a better life balance. But I got to that payment and a business coach that I worked with in the past had told me one time, she was like, you know, Jamie, just so you know, you'll never reach a goal because before you get there, you've moved the finish line. Yep. You just have to realize that's who you are so that you're not frustrated that you never hit a goal because you've hit all the goals, but you stopped considering them the goal before you've actually got there because you moved it. Yeah. Um, so for me, but right when I got out of that place where I had that, I'm going to make that payment. I was like, but what if I made more than that payment? Like, mm -hmm. what if I could do more than that? Um, mm -hmm. so I got to a place where I was like, oh, wow, this could really work when I had, you know, I hit a point actually where my business was making more than my day job before I quit my day job. Um, nice. so I built it. So it, the, the balance there. So the vision has changed, I guess over time, just based on what I've realized and grown into who I've become through this process to see yeah. what's possible. Yeah, it, it's really important for, for people to embrace that because as we transform, as we evolve, as we morph and become part of our business and our business becomes part of us, and as the world changes, right, we need to transform, evolve, pivot, and and allow our business to adapt and adjust too. And, you know, as far as that, that moving mark, that, that finish line, you know, success is not a destination. Success is a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And, and for, for people who turn around and say, this is the finish line, well, when they get there, what's next, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So you brought up a really good point that, that, that I want to rewind and grab and, and deepen into with elaboration. And, you know, you, you said that, that your vision was making your, your tuition payment, right? And I'm going to interpret that as at that time, that's how you define success, right? Success to you was getting the tuition payment covered, right? How long ago was that? Five years ago? 10 years ago, four years ago, four years ago, there you go. So four years ago, four years ago, it was it success was defined as get the tuition paid. Mm. How do you define success today? You know, it's so much bigger than that now. Um, and I actually like tying it less to revenue. You know, I feel like I have hit revenue goals, but building a business that's sustainable, that is consistently growing, that, you know, gives my staff the life that they want, that has that dynamic where we have these really great long-term relationships. Success to me now looks a lot more like stepping into that visionary CEO role where I'm running a company and I'm less a cog in a wheel. So I'm looking much more at the systems and processes in our business. I'm looking more at, you know, what, how can I grow the people that work with me um, and grow as a leader? And it's less about, you know, just the job. I've, I've become, I'm hungry for the dollar for sure. Every entrepreneur is. The growth is what powers you. But I think that I've had, and, you know, entrepreneurship's not easy. I've had growth and I've had shrinkage and I've gone through that 
you know, bigger business, but I built it in a way that didn't feel great. And now a smaller business in a way that feels better. And I'm excited to continue to grow in this new model, but I think I've designed the success a little less tied directly to the, the revenue dollar and more to the actual ecosystem of my business that I built and how healthy it is and how fun it is and how much I enjoy it and how much my people that work with me enjoy it and how much we have these great sustaining relationships with our clients. And that's what drives sustainable success to me. And that's what I'm looking to build now. I love that. I love that. So looking down the road, what do you see yourself as an entrepreneur and a business owner? Where do you see things? Gosh, and it's funny because it, it, I, in this very moment, I can only see as far as I, the person I am now. I mean, I think, again, the person that I was four or five years ago couldn't see even being the person I am now. So um, I love the idea, again, that the more I grow, the more the vision changes. But I mean, I would love to build this dynamic where, again, I, I am the driver of the brand. I am the driver of enhancing and growing my team, but that I am that CEO role. I mean, we're still a small business. I'm still very in the weeds periodically. I inch my way out of it. I get to kind of have that 360 view, but, um, you know, growing a team and a company that really is thriving independently of me, where I get to continue to optimize, enhance and build that brand is really where I would love to go for me personally within the business. And then the business needs all kinds of systems and sustainability and amazing, great people to build that so that I get to sit in the seat I want to sit in. So that's where I'm headed. I love that. And, and I love how you pre-framed it with you're only capable of seeing through the eyes that exist today, because that's so true. true. You know, people fail to realize that we build a box and insert ourselves in it. And the more we choose to evolve, grow, transform, become the next level of who we're meant to be and can be, you know, our, our future possible potential that then either expands the box or changes the box, right? People wonder why they hit an income ceiling. You hit an income ceiling because the brain that created today is incapable of creating a different tomorrow, right? Yes. So let's talk about this three-headed monster, digital marketing, (laughs) you know, the, the black hole of the universe. And, you know, I, I, I hear probably one of the largest pain points in small business, in entrepreneurism is navigating the world of online marketing, whether it's social media, email marketing, uh, paid advertising, or SEO, right? Because they're all different animals and they all help each other, right? So let's talk about this beast, right? Being the expert and navigating this field for the, the, the handful of years that you have. Yeah. Why do you think so many people struggle with it? It's just overwhelming. Like there's so many pieces. And I think that sometimes people, you know, I don't want to, I think people overcomplicate it a little bit. Like your goal is to authentically build relationships with people. Like Mm -hmm. all of those avenues is to share your message, share who you are, 
share what makes you you and get people to get to know you build like around the know like and trust factor like that's the goal of everything you're doing and sometimes I think people get really hung up on some of the nitty-gritty of it all of doing it perfect before they just do it like Mm. practicing is practice makes perfect and I actually think practice just makes better like perfect is an illusion you know and then again it evolves over time so I think sometimes people get so caught up on what they put out there that they don't put anything out there. Um, You know, when's the best time of day to post on Instagram? The time you post, if you post, if you're going to post, just post it. Don't overthink the time of day. It doesn't really matter that much. You know, like if you, if you build this amazing, you know, machine of things and tinkering with the analytics, sure. But if the reality is, is if you can't get to that starting line, you don't have data to play with. And you have to just kind of put it out there. And the more you put it out there, it's, if you don't overthink it, it helps you refine your message. It helps you figure out what resonates and what doesn't. It helps you figure out when I say this, I get this type of response. I get these questions. I got these, you know, discovery calls or these purchases on our entry level product or whatever it is. Um, So I really think that's the bottom line is just people want to do it perfect. So if they don't know how to do it, it's hard to do it perfectly. And then they just don't do it at all. Um, and that's where, you know, uh, and it's a, t- it's a time drain. Um, it is like figuring out, doing it all. There is an element of, you know, I really believe that one of the first things you should outsource is your bookkeeping because you, the IRS is terrifying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the second thing you should outsource is your marketing, you know, and I love place where you could outsource your bookkeeper you've tinkered with it yourself enough to figure out who you really are and who you really are trying to attract which as a marketing agency is really helpful like when people don't have those pieces of the puzzle kind of figure it out it's hard for us to be that person if they don't know who they are yet if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like be that brand before they know what that means to them and it doesn't mean they have to have this giant elaborate thing but just enough that they're like yes this feels like me and let's run with this and we can enhance it over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's, I think it's the time commitment and it's the, uh, the overcomplicated, overcomplicating it. Yeah. You know, for, for, for me, I, I, I think one of the biggest problems is, is that people take away their focus from their expertise and they That's attempt cool. to put it in an area that is so overall cumbersome i mean when you look at any of the social media platforms let's be realistic they're a business and they don't stay in business for you to promote yourself for free and they're not going to make it easy for you to get success in promoting yourself even if you did throw money at it so for that reason if you're not hiring someone to do it for you that does this for a living and and it and understands how to navigate the environment, you're really just throwing money into a fire pit, right? Not to mention your time, your most coveted resource. You're an expert. If you can make 50, 100, 500, $1,000 an hour, why are you spending three hours creating your social media content 100%. and posting it and fighting with the navigation of the platforms. That's just my humble opinion. 
I agree completely. And I do think there's an element. So with us and different agencies do different things. But with us, I, you know, when people partner with us that have been most successful is when it is a partnership, you know, we're an outsourced marketing company, we're not sitting next to you in your business. And we're not you despite how close we can get to looking, feeling and sounding like you. So what we love is our clients that really do invest in the partnership to be able yep. to say, like, I want this to work too. Mm-hmm. And if I don't talk to you for six months, it's really hard for us to be creating really good, compelling content for somebody yep. that hasn't communicated with us in six months. So yep. that's a challenging partnership for us. But the reality is, is there's always that personal element, especially on social media. So where I've seen our clients be most successful, they work with us to get, and we've, we've really refined, like one of the things that I think really defines us is we are process systems, streamline based. Like I am a streamlined person, whatever, however we can take, you know, a two hour process and make it one hour. Like that's my, that's our thing. So we really make it very accessible for clients to contain the time it takes to have really amazing marketing and working with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, and they, if they put in that, that level of partnership, I love us taking the heavy lifting off their plate, but then have them still show up to comment on the post, to comment on their friends post, to collaborate with people and still do that human to human element. Because mm-hmm. to me, where it gets really rotted down is when you try to outsource that part of it. Like building the content takes so much time. It takes so much less time to engage on there, but mm-hmm. the engagement really matters too. And as an outsourced partner, it's hard for us to know, like, is this your really supportive aunt who comments on everything you comment? Or is this a client that you've been courting for six months and we don't know it when we're trying to comment back like the client? So to me, it is really hard to completely, you know, be hands off and remove yourself from the process entirely. So if you still have to put a little bit of skin in game, why do it on your posting? Why do it on your video editing? Why do it on your email writing? Why do it in the ways that someone can get it 99% the way there to be just the way you would have wanted it done. And then you can put your time into those things where it's really hard for anybody but you or your business day to day to do. Mm-hmm. I, I love that advice. And I'm getting ready to hit you with a question that I have a feeling I can pretty much guess how you're going to answer. <laughs> okay. You know, there are so many platforms out there. You know, mm-hmm. we have TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I mean, I can go on and on, right? You have Google, you, I mean, I'll just keep going and I won't. Where should people start? How do they know, how do they know which platform is, is best for them? Because I really think it's almost next to impossible to launch simultaneously with all of them. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, we never, honestly, I being really focused on, I'd say more than two platforms. Honestly, I would say pick one. And when it comes to that and you build your hub and your goal around that hub, it's a couple things that I would consider, you know, it's, I mean, three core things. Well, I mean, really only, I guess, two to three is where are the people you're trying to find? Where do they spend the most time? And where do you spend the most time? The reality is if you're like, I need to be on TikTok, but you're never going to make a video and you hate TikTok. Well, it, you're never going to get that far. You know, doing something that you absolutely hate completely is just not beneficial and it's not going to work, right? If you're, it's going against everything you want to do and you hate it. 
then maybe downgrade, like go from TikTok, don't do TikTok to Instagram. And then like, you know, so picking where you will actually show up. Cause like I said, even if you hire a partner, a partner to create your content, it's really great when our clients do that engagement piece. That's where the magic happens. We kind of divide that social media responsibility. But if you hate mm-hmm. it and you won't be there, it's, you know, you're missing part of the magic. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing to consider is the type of people you're trying to attract and where they are. You know, like if you have a really, we, if you are a hair salon, you know, you really want to be on Instagram because your content is building basically an online portfolio and that's how you should view that. And your content is beautiful and it's amazing there. If you're a photographer, it's a great place to be there. But if you're an accountant, like maybe Instagram isn't your spot and it's not something like I can't imagine hiring an accountant off Instagram, you know? So <laughs> the reality, but I would hire them off LinkedIn and I would expect right. to get information from them there. And I go to LinkedIn to consume content like that. And I go to Instagram to consume content like the hair and nail salon. So mm-hmm. I think looking at where you're willing to be and where your client is and what your content lends well to and, and pick one. Again, I, I really like the simplification of the process. I think where people are like, I need to be everywhere. Well, you know, it's like saying I'm going to work out three times. I haven't worked out in the past, you know, three years, but I'm going to start working out twice a day, seven days a week. And people do that for a week. And then they're like, this isn't sustainable. I'm not doing this. And then they go back to not working out yep. the same kind of concept is habit building, you know? Awesome. So <sighs> Let's talk about why social media doesn't work for people. Um, You know, I've built two seven-figure businesses and multiple six-figure businesses, 100% offline. And, And that transfer, in my opinion, from offline to online is very similar. It's still about the relationship right? It's still, it's still about adding value, engaging, being congruent and authentic. Mm-hmm. However, there's so much noise. You know, it's, it's like a big red ocean everywhere. So I, you know, when, when you had asked, where do they spend the most time? Uh, complete transparency. I avoid social media. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. I mean, I am, but I'm not, right. I'm not on LinkedIn because every time I'm on there, uh, it's like, I opened up LinkedIn this morning and I have 300 buy from me messages. I have, and they're all these bait and switches. And I, and I don't understand that. Why do people, you know, in, in my humble opinion, meeting people and building a relationship with them is no different personally than it is professionally. And if you would ever go to a bar, meet someone and say, will you marry me so I can have your baby tomorrow? I doubt that that would happen. (laughs) Funny you say the exact same analogy. (laughs) I say that relationship, sometimes people I'm like, relationship rules still apply. Relationship rules still apply. Especially I think people, social media, people sort of get that. Where I feel like we lose clients is around paid advertising. It's like, I'm expecting to run this Facebook ad and make a ton of money back. And it's like, yes, but I, if you sell off a Facebook ad, I think of that as love at first sight. Is, does that happen? Like, yes. Is it the norm? Also no. But can you capture that person, bring them into your ecosystem and nurture that relationship like you would if you were trying to date somebody? 
yeah. and that's where the value is and that's where building your audience is um so it is it's just funny i use the exact same analogy of you know dating versus expecting someone to marry you after one meeting you know yeah you know it's uh the 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 ones that that really in my opinion become instantaneously deedifying for somebody is when they they message you and say i'd really like to get to know you you take time you set up an appointment and then the entire thing is a, is a sales presentation which is and, also frustrating. No one likes that. Yeah. And so what what type of advice can you give people? Because, you know, COVID, COVID really expedited the digital marketing world. It really pushed the world into being forced to be seen, heard, and found in a way that most hadn't or, or really didn't have a strategy or a plan for. And then I say that to say, because everyone got pushed at the same time, it became a red ocean instantaneously. Yes. So what kind of navigation advice can you give people, especially ones that are struggling or starting out or just having a hard time navigating this and not getting success? Yeah. You know, um, I think a lot of people put over importance on the really big shiny number. I have 100,000 people following me, I have 1.1 million people following me or whatever, or I have 2000 people following me. If those 2000 people aren't people you actually have built that you know who they are, you have a good relationship with them, the chances of them turning around and hiring and buying from you at that point is low. And I'm not saying that in terms like don't try to grow your audience, but what I love, especially with new and struggling people is let go of the value on that top line number and think of quality over quantity. You know, I, I still, uh, despite being a digital marketing company and building my brand through digital marketing, I do tons of networking. I still build relationships face-to-face, -face, but the beauty of that is, is that, so think of the experience right now, like you and I are building a friendship through a podcast and we're getting to know each other. I'm seeing you, you're seeing me, but say, and say you were like, I want to dip into social media marketing. And I really like Jamie. She was great on my podcast and we connected and here we are. But say you and I don't stay in touch. I haven't, you know, sent you an email to be like, hey, Stacey, how you doing? Like, how's, how's fall been? Did you have, you know, whatever. If I didn't think to send that touch base, that one-off touch base email, and six months go by, you might be like, wow, I could really use some social media support, but I'm not front of mind anymore. I'm off your radar. Mm -hmm. So I spent this time with you. If I can convert this relationship into a relationship on LinkedIn, you're on my email list. I still pop up on your radar. I might say something that really resonates with you. And you know what? The reality is you might not comment on it. You might not like it. You might not share it, but you might be like, huh, there's Jamie. Yeah, that really makes sense for me today. Yeah. And sales is all about timing, right? It's all about hitting that person. Like you might just not really be there and you might hit a point where you're like, you know what? I really could use some help with my social media. That could be two days from now or that could be two years from now. I won't know when you have that moment but we built a great relationship. So my, what I love to see new business owners do, all business owners do, is be really authentic and genuine the way they build their relationships and just consider your flow and your pipeline into how do you convert that person from a one-on-one -on -one relationship into an online platform where you get that one-to-many so that you have a better chance of staying in front of them when they flip that switch to really needing the thing that you're offering. I love that. 
I absolutely love that advice. And I, I want to hit you with one other thing that, that I, I see a lot. I don't, I don't hear it because most people refrain from admitting it. Mm-hmm. And that's the itty bitty shitty committee. You know, yeah. it's, it's easy to hide behind a computer. Mm-hmm. However, it's hard for some people to hide behind a, commu- a, a computer and still put themselves out there. Right? Oh, yeah. Yes. So what, what do you say about that, that mindset, that itty bitty shitty committee of, of afraiding to post, afraiding to put yourself out there, that, that projected fear of judgment, whatever goes on between those two ears that prevent people from stepping into who they really are? Yeah, I mean... I feel like when you run a business, like every single day is about pushing past that itty bitty <laughs> committee, you know what I mean? In one way or another. And I think that digital marketing and being out there online is similar, you know, I, and I think that that's where the perfectionism is the end. I forget, there's a phrase, I should look up the phrase because I always want to reference it, but there's a phrase about how being like perfect is the enemy of done. And that's where people get so caught up on it being perfect or being concerned of what people might think or that they just don't do it. And you know what is, I feel like a gift about being new or smaller and having smaller following is that you're, you get to all your trial and error out of the way with people who like no love and care about you because they got to you for a particular reason. So if you're, you know, frustrated with your small audience, the beauty of that is that you get to make all your mistakes with very few people seeing you. (laughs) And the more you practice and the better you get, the more you'll continue to attract the people You know, I followed people for years that I remember their lousy videos. I remember their, you know, blurry pictures. I remember, and now I see them where everything is clearly professionally taken, professionally edited, and professionally done. The reality is that I followed them for their message. I followed them because of their value that they added to me and the fact that I eventually liked them as a person. Like Mm -hmm. everyone has people they follow online that I genuinely feel like I know and I really like them. And they have mm-hmm. no idea who I am. That's like, I feel like I'm over here having this relationship that they're not participating in. <laughs> so it. it's like, but it's funny because I, you know, I appreciated their candor and their vulnerability and their willingness to do it because the value they provided me was genuine. Mm-hmm. So I think that sometimes people just need to realize that the fewer people that are following you, the few, fewer people see your mistakes, the more mistakes you make, the better you get and the more people see what you're doing and then you get polished and better. But the reality is, is if you're putting out good information, whether it's relatively sloppy or it's professionally done, the value is still there. And that's the important part. Yeah. So I, think you just, value there. I think you just had a bunch of people fall off their perfection unicorn. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, but probably not. I'm on the perfection unicorn. It's hard. It's, it's hard, especially when I run a marketing agency. I'm like, what if I put out this really terrible video? People are going to, you know what I mean? But it is hard. And I think perfectionism is really just, uh, it's, it's a, in all aspects of business, it's what keeps people stuck. Like mistakes are what make It's self-doubt. It's self-doubt, self-worth, self-confidence. It all creeps up. The itty-bitty shitty committee has a board meeting. You're not invited to it and they make decisions. And next thing you know, you're sitting there like, I can't decide what to do. Reality is success is a culmination of decisions made and action taken 
failure is a culmination of no actions made because no decisions were made. Right. Yeah. Because I, I wholeheartedly believe that failure is nothing more than feedback. And all we do is learn what didn't work so we can get even better. That's right. just my relationship with it. Yes, I agree. So let's, let's talk about uh, expectations management. You know, when it, when it comes to digital marketing, I yeah. think people think that they're going to post a video, it's going to go viral, and then they're going to become a gazillionaire or the next Gary V or the next yeah. fill in the blank, whoever their, their influencer is, right? I mean, I can't begin to tell you how many times I hear people tell me, I want to be an influencer. And I'm like, why? Most of them are broke. Why do you want to be an influencer? They can just make themselves look really good. Right. And, yeah. and, 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 and I say that with all the love, there's zero judgment there. Of course. I, what, what should someone's expectations be when it comes to the whole digital marketing world? It is a slow and steady, you know, and it's, it's hitting people at the right time. So again, if you have I, I wish I was better at quick math. I'm not, I'm in marketing for a reason, but say, uh, you know, you have a hundred people at the top of your funnel, what one or 2% come out the bottom. If you have a million people, again, this is where this is simple math, but there's, you know, a bigger portion of that come out the bottom, same percentage, but more yep. people come out the bottom. Yep. So, but the reality is there's a journey that happens somewhere in the middle when people know about you and the journey that happens and how you authentically show up for those people. And then a percentage comes out the bottom. It isn't sometimes it's sometimes just a shared numbers game. If only 10 people know about you, the chances of you selling to 11 is slim. So what you need to do is have more people know about you and then genuinely build those relationships. But it's a slow process, like getting people brand awareness, people to know, like, and trust you. People don't trust people overnight. It yeah. depends on what you're selling to. Are you selling, you know, a $7 nail polish or are you selling a multi five figure coaching program? You know, yeah. someone who's investing in that level really needs a lot more warming up. So those pipelines for different industries are very different. Um, depending on what the level of investment is and the risk to, that somebody needs to take to buy from you, the more risk, the more they need to trust you to take that leap, you know? Um, it, so it is a slow process. And I would say it's very dependent on what your cycle is of selling to a client and how big that level of investment is. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is if, you know, it's one of those same things. You wish you would have started yesterday if you didn't already. It's, yeah. it's it compounds, it builds on itself. It does feel like pushing a snowball up a hill and eventually it hits the top and you then you feel the traction and it comes out the bottom but it does it does take time so whether you're doing it on your own don't get frustrated if all of a sudden it's three months later and you're like why haven't I gotten doubled the size of my business off Instagram you know yeah. or doubled the size of my following like it takes time yeah. um, so whether you're doing it on your own give yourself some patience because it does it's not an instant overnight thing um, and then on the flip side, if you're working with a digital marketing company, just know it's also not magic for them either. It takes time for them too. So, um, it's, it's a little bit like the idea of investing in your business, investing in that long-term pipeline, building that funnel. Um, you know, people will invest in their retirement and they know it takes time to grow. It's the same kind of thing. You want success at the end of the day. You want that stability sustain and sustainability. And it comes from building that funnel. And it, it is, it's a, it's, that's the nature of building a business. It's not an overnight thing. 
I love, I love that advice. And I would like to step back, you know, you, you brought up numbers game. The listeners who have been listening for a while know that I believe sales isn't a numbers game. I believe sales is a science and it's, and when the science is embraced, it takes the numbers game out of it. I wholeheartedly believe marketing is predominantly the same. I believe that marketing is a science. I mean, they've got an algorithm wrapped around it, right? So I believe that that marketing is the science. And what happens is like any science, it's trial and error. It's all about experimenting. And, you know, the the, the numbers game part is just the, the sheer attraction because not everyone we attract resonates with us. Not everyone we attract is ready for us, right? However, those that are in alignment with our prospective future client, those who are ready to step into whatever level they're getting ready to step into, that's when the numbers game gets removed, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I love that, that expectation you painted out. And, and I really just wanted to come back and let people know this isn't about spraying and praying. This isn't about showing up and throwing up. This is about having a strategic plan, following through, implementing, being true to you, avoiding the anybody, everybody, and somebody's because they always mean nobody, right? And just speak to the one person that's there that needs to hear you. Well, it's funny because that's exactly where I was referring to when I said, I think people put an over importance on yeah. the, the quality or the quantity over the quality. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have 2000 people and you've built an incredible, so in some ways it is a numbers game. In some ways, it, I agree with you completely. I kind of said that at the beginning. It's really not yep. because if you actually have built a great relationship with 2000 people, and they trust you and they know you and they came to you because they were genuinely interested in your, your avatar, that one person that you're speaking to that you're like, I know this is, this is for them. This is what they need. Mm-hmm. And you've cultivated a list of 200 people. I mean, 200 people, then you're going to get more sales out of that than 200,000 random people that don't know you very well, don't really care about what you offered and came for particular reasons that maybe weren't actually in alignment with what you were selling. So there is, and that's where good marketing comes into play, right? Whether you're doing good marketing, genuine building relationships versus just sheer trying to pump out the numbers. And that's where, again, if you have tip, well, again, they've proven that wrong too. You could have a million followers and not be able to sell anything to them because they're there for the, just to be watching what you're doing, not because they actually want to buy anything from you or they're actually in alignment with you, you know, and social media does have that. People yeah. show up for the just the visual of whatever you're putting out there sometimes. And mm-hmm. if it's not in alignment with what you're actually selling, then you're not going to be the sell to that 1 million people. Agreed. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And, and I mean, reality is if, if you're playing that numbers game, you can end up with a lot of followers that have absolutely positively nothing to do with you. And because they don't engage with you, that can impact and affect your algorithm. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. And the less that your content is being seen by your overall audience, the more those algorithms and those platforms are like, I guess it's not that valuable. Yeah. So absolutely. It's the same with email marketing. If you have a list of a hundred thousand people, 
but half of them bounce. The chances of the your other 50 that weren't bounced, those ho ho like hurt your open rates and they hurt your getting past spam filters and things right yeah. like those uh, there's an algorithm and a fighting game there too and there's a quality over quantity there too so um absolutely and i and it's funny you know you mentioned the whole red ocean concept absolutely i think if you're looking at shared volume of numbers you know you're showing up and you're just you know we're a digital marketing company like there's a zillion of me and i know that you know there's there's it's not like we entered a blue a blue ocean here mm -hmm. But the difference is, is if I authentically build relationships with my, in my small circle, yeah. that small circle of people, I can build a multi-million dollars off building authentic relationships in a smaller pool of people who trust me and my variant and my business and what we're able to do, whether and easier and better and faster than I could if I were just trying to get all the people on Instagram to follow me, you know? <laughs> Agreed. Absolutely. So, Jamie, I could talk with you all day, and I think that my guests would agree they could listen with you all day. So I'd love to have you back on the show for a part two. And now I need to welcome you, or I get to welcome you, to the signature question of the show. And the signature question of the show is, what does selling without selling mean to you? I really think it's that authenticity. Like I love knowing who you're in. You can sell without selling online in your marketing too. You know, it's not about selling what you're giving. Like for us, it's not about selling digital marketing. It's about growing someone's business in partnership with them. Mm -hmm. And how do we get that vision out there? And, and I don't want to work with somebody that doesn't feel like that about that partnership. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing the value that you bring and sitting in to what you're delivering and finding people that really value that too. And I think the more authentic and genuine you are about what you can do and what you offer matters, how it matters, how it impacts, how it changes someone's life, their business, their whatever it is, those people are tracked to that. And then you don't need to sell them on it. They're already sold. They're already there. They're in alignment with you. They want what you're, they want what you're offering. Um, so then it's about figuring out the right fit or the best package or what works best for them, not whether it works for them or not, or whether they want it or not. I love it. I absolutely love it. And the only way that that you can even show up in that to create that environment is if you're clean and pristine, you know, the itty bitty shitty committee isn't deploying, you're not showing up in a space of desperation or the mind chatter or, you know, again, we could go on and on. I, yeah. I love your definition of sell without selling. Thank you for that. So Jamie, welcome to the random round. I believe that success leaves clues and I like to ask our expert guests just specific questions, one or two, just so that our listeners can say, you know what, I really like that and I really want to apply it to myself. Yeah. So let's start with what's your favorite word and why? Grit is my favorite word. Um, I have always said, I think my personal superpower is I'm really hard to discourage. <laughs> um, that, you know, I think if you're going to try to get through and build a business that lasts, that grows, like you will always, there'll be hiccups. You'll mm -hmm. screw something up. There'll be big hiccups. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's just having that grit and tenacity to really just get past it and see, see past what the immediate issue is to the bigger picture to persevere through it. Um, so yeah, I would go with grit there. 
I love that. So I have another one for you. You know, being a type A personality, always moving the goal line on yourself. How do you, how do you decompress? How do you recharge? Um, it's funny. I do. I always move the goal line and I, I'm a quality time with people and I'm a sunshine person. So we just, at the beginning of our call, we talked, I don't think we circled back to that, but we were talking about how um, I just moved to Minnesota. I'm from New Hampshire anyway. It's cold there too. It's cold all the places <laughs> I live. Um, so I really, I do, I really enjoy like uh, my, my business gets quiet in the summer and I don't know if that's a chicken or an egg moment. Like, is it cause I get distracted with the sunshine, um, <laughs> or because, you know, other people are too, but, um, you know, I really, I, I am try to embrace the seasonality of, I would say my business or maybe my personality to just enjoy that and soak up the sun and enjoy the summer knowing that I get, I click back on and I lock back on in the fall because it just my natural cycle. So it's embracing that a little bit. Um, but then, I mean, having I, my micro cycles in my week, like I do really take days off. Like if I have a Sunday off, I'm off and I, I need that. And I noticed there's been phases of my business where I really didn't do that. Mm. Um, and it hurt me more than it helped me. You know, I, I'm, I'm in this for the long haul too. So burning myself out completely or building resent around my business and what it does, um, wouldn't, wouldn't help my long-term success. So I look at it, at it very cyclically and I, my downtime is my downtime and my on time, I work my butt off, but, um, there's gotta be a balance there, I think. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Being a fellow type A personality, I know what it's like to, to drive and drive and drive. And you get to, you have to, you need to unplug because if you yeah. don't, your circuits will fry. Yeah. And I guess the other part of that for me too is I, I am an entrepreneur. I know that about myself now. I'm in love with my business, but it's not all, it's not the only thing I am. Like I love my personal relationships in my life. I love my health. Like I'm a health oriented person. So I wouldn't uh, genuinely wouldn't pick my business over my the most important relationships in my life or my health. And I look at that and say, what does success mean to me? And we talked about that. What's that vision? Yeah. The vision at the end of the day, I'm still a healthy person and I still have the people I love and care about. So having that balance really matters to me because I want it all. I don't want it to be at the cost of other things. You know, I love so. that. I love that. I actually do a keynote that's called have it all because oh, people, don't, people don't believe that they can. And, you know, it's, it's not about pursuing work-life balance because 49%, 51%, albeit would seem like it's in balance. The unconscious mind knows that's out of balance. Mm -hmm. So we, we strive for work-life harmony. And when yeah. both can harmonize, then there's that give and take. It just becomes yeah. this flow and this dance and this engagement. Life just gets so damn beautiful. I love it. I love that. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I truly appreciate your time because I do know how busy you are. If our listeners want to find you, follow you, reach out with you, connect you, how can they? Yeah, well, we, so, I mean, our website's always a great spot. Um, we're weatherbymedia.com. Everything's pretty consistent, so it's easy to find us, weatherbymedia.com. Um, we actually on there have a social media guide that helps walk people through building that strategy, picking their platforms. So some of the things we talked about earlier that actually could be a really great thing for people to leverage that's listed on our website. 
Um, and then we are on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram are kind of our social media hubs. You can find us at, at Weatherby Media at all of those. So consistent across the board. I love that. Thank you for that. Hey, your success is important to me. And it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you and for you. I would love for you to do three things right now. First, I'd love for you to hop over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's hop over to Facebook, join our Sell Without Selling community. Second, pop over to Instagram. You already have your phone in your hand anyway. So pop over to Instagram and follow me at the Stacey O'Byrne. That's pop over to Instagram, follow me at the Stacey O'Byrne. And last and definitely not least, I'd love to chat with you. Get feedback on these episodes and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this show more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success that you've always dreamed of, desired, and know you deserve. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. And always remember this. Choice is a powerful thing. And suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so you can get on your way, so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired, dreamed, and deserved. That's all available on pivotpointadvantage.com.